0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Saslenko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. We are part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vassar, Parish Director of Communications. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 16, for the second Sunday of Easter, Divine Mercy Sunday, April 19th, 2020. Our Gospel reading may be found at John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, "'Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe.'" Now a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, "'Peace be with you.'" Then he said to Thomas, "'Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side.'" And do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God and that through this belief, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: As we continue our faith journey, and we begin to ponder even more deeply the resurrection of Christ, we need to also make an assessment of the quality and the depth of our faith in that resurrection. You see, it's one thing to intellectually assent to the belief in the resurrection of Christ, to a belief in God's abiding presence, almost as if it's an action of our intellect only. We can review and absorb the teachings of the church, the precepts of our faith, And all of those things that can enlighten our minds in terms of who God is and how he acts in the world. But all of that remains remote from us unless we internalize, own, and accept inwardly the reality behind those professions and those truths. It becomes a matter of relationship. Because as we journey through life and life challenges us and life changes us, it isn't our minds and our intellectual understanding that is going to see us through moments of darkness and pain. It's going to be the relationships that we carry with us and primarily our relationship with God. In short, in order for our faith to be effective, available, and something that challenges and changes us, we have to have our my Lord and my God experience. We have to, like Thomas, understand without doubt that it is the Lord who is in our midst. When we discover the presence of God, we actually discover the presence of mystery with a capital M. Not mystery as we use that word so occasionally and so specifically in terms of trying to describe something that I don't know. The reason for an action is a mystery to me. When talking about the mystery of God, we're acknowledging the fact that while we can know him to some extent, he always remains beyond us, always greater than us, always in the realm of the unknowable, even though we can catch a glimpse of his presence here and now. And so, in the presence of mystery, as I begin to seek out a my Lord and my God moment, we look for those opportunities to connect with the wider picture of things, the essence of who I am, the wonder and spectacular nature of creation, the life that beats in and through all things. You see, at some moment in our lives, we need to be able to look to God who is mystery and be able to say that God is and I am. God is and I am. That's the fundamental truth behind who we are. God is and I am. That's the fundamental principle that is brought to all of our understanding and encounters in life. And especially young people who are struggling to find out who they are, discover their identities, find out what happiness is. Before they can do any of that successfully, they need to have their my Lord and my God moment where they acknowledge beyond doubt that God is as they are. And now where does that reality and that truth bring us? Well, once we're able to admit and embrace that God is and I am, now my life has purpose. I'm not here just because. And it leads us into this even more wonderful place of God's mercy. God's mercy. Because when we meet the mystery of God, the vastness of God, the reality of God, and we begin to internalize that relationship and acknowledge it, embrace it, and now try to understand it even more, what I begin to receive is God's mercy, which says to me, first and foremost, I am loved. I am loved. I am not here just because I decided to place you here. You are here because I love you. And once we begin to experience God's mercy, it changes up the whole way we approach life. Suddenly, the things we got anxious about and worried about before don't seem to mean as much anymore. Our priorities change. How we feel about ourselves changes. We don't need to bring external things into my life to have a sense of self-esteem and value and worth. It's not so much about my ego anymore or about the particulars of my earthly life. You see, when I begin to internalize the mystery of God and experience God's mercy, then I begin to carry a presence within me that is not of my own, but comes from him, the very essence of his love. Because that's really what God's mercy is all about It's the bursting forth of God's love into all of creation, permeating all things and all beings. The rays that come out of the divine mercy image are the rays of love that are bursting forth from God because God is so anxious and so wanting to extend his very presence, his very self, into all that he has made and even into your very own heart. It is that all invasive merciful love that allows us to not focus on our past sinfulness and errors, to not get all consumed with what we didn't do, forgot to do, failed to do, or did wrongly. God's merciful love wipes all that out. He doesn't look there. He's propelling us to the future, to where we can go today, to what we can do tomorrow, to embrace that merciful presence even more in our life, so that God can create and recreate and love and continue to love unconditionally in and through us. You see, it's all about that never-the-end-of-the-road idea. With God, there is always something more, something new. It's a dynamic living presence that is carried with us. In the very real sense of the term, we are held by God. So if I truly believe in the mystery of God, if my affirmation of faith brings me to that my Lord and my God moment without doubt, and I experience that mercy of God deep within me, then I can move in and through things with a little bit more comfort and a greater sense of peace and assurance. You see, that's why the Lord says to us, as he said to his disciples, peace be with you. Because when we have known and have touched and have embraced the mercy of God, what else can we experience but peace? And it's a peace that brings us to a depth of joy that the world cannot give. You know, as you look at humanity, as it goes through life, what is it do you think people need most? God's mercy. Imagine if everyone was able to make that affirmation of faith and then experience in a real and authentic way the mercy of God. What a depth of blessing would be brought to life. A depth of understanding. A depth of faith, hope, and most importantly, love. Isn't that at the end of the day what we're all seeking to achieve? And so the Lord visits us today again too. He greets us. Peace be with you. Listen carefully to those words. Breathe it in and breathe it out, and be at peace.